0: Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, it is that time again when our nation sets aside a day, a holiday to give thanks. Now, I I mentioned a little bit with uh, the kids. I'm sure you're also very familiar with the history of Thanksgiving, the the history of, of giving thanks especially at harvest time. It goes all the way back to that first Thanksgiving celebrated with the pilgrims and Native Americans at Plymouth Colony in 1621. After that, uh, its yearly observance was actually hit or miss. It wasn't an, an official holiday. That is, not until President Abraham Lincoln declared Thanksgiving a federal holiday to be celebrated every year. He wrote, The gracious gifts of the Most High God, should be solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged, as with one heart and voice by the whole American people, and you know that 's interesting because when he declared that the nation was at war, and that 's significant when you think about it, with all the the uh, warfare, the unrest, the uncertainty going on in the in the country at that time during the Civil War. He knew, and the country knew, that it was important to still take time, even in the middle of difficult circumstances, to give thanks to God. And that, in essence, is what we focus on this evening, this eve of thanksgiving. Giving thanks not just in some, but in all circumstances, which is easier said than done. To be perfectly honest, in fact, many people, myself included at times, giving thanks seems to be dependent upon certain circumstances. And if that's true, if our giving thanks is dependent upon certain circumstances, then our giving thanks becomes circumstantial. Let me explain. I, I imagine that there will be many people gathered around the table tomorrow with, with food before them and family around them, and they may go around and, and state what it is they're thankful for, and, and that's not a bad practice, of course. In fact, it's a good one. But consider the possible implications. Often we perceive our gratitude to be attached to, to the good things in our lives. For example, if I have sufficient money in my bank account and and the bills are paid, well it tends to generate a feeling of thankfulness within me. But if I were to have hospital bills and grocery bills and the money is running low, well then I might find my feelings of thankfulness running low as well. Or if my health is good and I feel good, well, then I tend to feel thankful. Or if I have food on the table and in my pantry, I tend to feel thankful. If I, if I get good grades, or, or if, I, if I had a good year in sales, or if I have all the latest technology, if my loved ones are by my side, or if I have a good relationship with my family, friends, or neighbors, when all the things in life are going well, it's easy to feel a feeling of thankfulness. Which again is not a bad thing. How cold and emotionless would we be if we weren't thankful for all the good things we have in our lives.
1: It's the right
0: response of faith to give thanks to God because we realize that all good gifts do indeed come from our creator. But what about when we don't have those things? What about when life isn't always going well? We need to be on guard against shallow thankfulness or beginning to associate giving thanks only with good circumstances. Because in the end, if that's what we do, then that's not a Christian response. Secular spiritualism or motivationalism, I call it, will encourage us to always stay positive, to look on the bright side, that when you're down or when things aren't going well, that you shouldn't focus on the the negative, instead focus on the, the positive. Stay positive. Look for the silver lining. Be thankful for what you do have. But do you see what this kind of thinking may reinforce? It's reinforcing that our feelings of thankfulness come from within ourselves and that they stem only from positive circumstances in our lives. But that's not the way it's supposed to be with us as Christians. We're not called to be thankful only in good times. We are called to give thanks at all times. There's a difference between feeling thankful and giving thanks. It can be explained in this way. Feeling thankful is just that. It's a feeling. It's attached to whatever may be going on in my life at that moment. When things go well, I feel thankful. When things don't go well, well, then I don't feel thankful. Or I might try to focus on something else instead so that I can feel thankful. But either way, that feeling stems from within me. It's my feeling. It's an emotion that I generate. So therefore, it's up to me whether I feel thankful or not. And I imagine that a lot of people tomorrow are going to be thinking about whether or not they feel thankful. Or at the very least, they'll be looking for the things that make them feel thankful. But as Christians, instead, we are called upon to give thanks. And that's different than feeling thankful. First of all, giving thanks implies an object. It implies an object to which we give. We give thanks To someone. And in our case, we know that we give thanks to the Lord. So giving thanks is an act of worship outside of ourselves. Furthermore, it is not a feeling that comes from within ourselves. It is a response of faith that begins first and foremost with God coming to us and working for us. We can give thanks even when we don't feel like it. And lastly, giving thanks is not attached to circumstances. Giving thanks as a Christian is something that we should and can do at all times, regardless of what may or may not be happening in our lives. After all, this is what Paul explains in his his letter to the Philippians. He writes, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And he writes, In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. And what did he write earlier in the same chapter that we should do? He says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, Rejoice. So how was it that Paul was thankful and joyful even when he was brought low in poverty? After all, Paul was writing this letter to the Philippians from prison. What secret did Paul know that enabled him to do that? Well, he shares that secret with us. And it's that for Paul, his contentment, assurance, and well-being were not tied to external circumstances. They were not tied to his surroundings, and they were not even tied to his feelings. His life was tied entirely to Jesus Christ. And the same is true for us. Our lives may bring us down, they may trouble us, they may weigh heavy on us, but even so, objectively, something else is also true. That our contentment, assurance, and well-being are not tied to external circumstances. They are not tied to our surroundings. They are not tied to our feelings. Rather, our lives are tied to Jesus Christ. And because of Jesus, we know that all of God's promises to us are 100% true. That all of Jesus' work on our behalf has been completed and has been given to us. God promises that before you were even born He knew you. That before you ever had the ability or the opportunity to make something of yourself in His eyes, that He loved you. That even while you were still a sinful enemy of His, opposed to Him and separated from Him, that He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, for you. And Jesus kept the law perfectly on your behalf. And He offered Himself in your place for for your sins on the cross. And he rose again, paving the way through death and the grave, so that just as he promised, because you believe in him, though you die, yet shall you live. In your baptism, you died and rose again with Jesus so that even now you have that newness of life. And in this life here on earth, even though there are troubles, your heavenly Father always sees you. He always loves you. He always provides for you. And when the end of your earthly life does arrive, you will not die. You will be alive with your Lord in paradise. But then when Jesus returns again to this earth and and raises your body from the grave, you will see once and for all his eternal salvation of both body and soul that he has prepared for you and all for all those who believe in him. This is everything that Jesus has done for you. This is everything that Jesus has promised to you. And Jesus, who is faithful, is sure to do it. And this then is the secret Paul talks about. This is why we rejoice in the Lord, not just sometimes, but always. This is why in any and every circumstance, including the days we may not feel particularly thankful, we can indeed give thanks. And not because of us, but because of Jesus for us. Even when our health may fail, or our souls grow weary, or our wallets are empty, or our sorrow increases, or our pain sets in, even in the midst of all of that, Jesus still remains. And he gives you the strength to believe and trust in him, even though in and of yourself you couldn't do it on your own. So, baptized children of God, whether you look back over this past year and give thanks to God because your life abounds, or whether you look back over this past year and give thanks to God because you have been brought low, either way, you can give thanks to God because you are united to Him in Christ. And whatever joys or whatever sorrows you may find yourself in today, You can give thanks because your contentment, your assurance, and your well-being do not depend upon whether your hands are full or empty, but because they depend on Jesus Christ, whose nail-marked hands are always full of forgiveness, mercy, and grace for you. In his name, amen.